2 Samuel chapter 16, as you turn your Bibles there, continue to pray for next week. Uh, one of the, the one of the interview uh, youth pastors will, will, that we've interviewed uh, will speak to the youth uh, next Sunday night and uh, get a chance to know them and talk to them and the parents, and they'll be in there. And then uh, because of Easter and then the organized family night, the next one will speak on May 1st, do the same thing. And uh, putting a lot of stock in uh, these, you know, some of these young people, if they're in sixth grade, they'll have 11 years with this person if they stay at that time. So I want to hear what they got to say, and then uh, we'll proceed from there and then let you guys hear them preach. I could, you know, preaching is not a big deal to me because they're going to be with the youth. If, you know, so, you know, a lot of guys are not very uh, well trained yet in, in, in preaching, and, and they'll be given that opportunity. I will uh, help start training them, uh, whoever the youth pastor is. Uh, like the one Wednesday a month, I'll let them uh, speak, and that just gives them time at the pulpit. But uh, So just pray along with us that, uh, that, that God will open up the right door for us and uh, who we're supposed to have. That's what we're just praying for, for His will. So in 2 Samuel chapter 16, if, and beginning in verse 15, if you remember from Wednesday night, we had this man named Shimei, and he was following after David, throwing rocks at him, throwing dirt at him. And David is walking away, and with all these people, 1,200 probably plus people, for their lives. And uh, it could have been a lot more than that. I don't know. But uh, in Shimei, and I told you, I said he was cursing David and yelling at David, and David just sit there and took it. And uh, you remember Abishai stepped up. He said, you want me to kill him for you? And he said, absolutely not. Stay in your lane. And he said, um, and he said, who knows that this is not the Lord doing this? David's just such at the lowest point of his life that um, that that's what we saw on Wednesday night. But now I think is very interesting. We see the tides kind of start turning, and uh, we see one of prayers, David's prayers, that are going to be answered. And uh, I think this is really interesting. And so we get into verse sixteen, uh, fifteen. Sorry, and Absalom and all the people in Second Samuel sixteen, verse fifteen, chapter sixteen, fifteen. Then Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, entered into Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with them. Now, if you remember, Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather, and if you remember, she was he was very bitter at David. Remember, he was one of the, David's top advisors from the Lord. And he is now walking away. He walked away from David, holding on to all this bitterness, and started following after Absalom. Ahithophel wants to be Absalom's top advisor, okay? Now, I want you to think about this. David is walking out, the true king of Jerusalem, and here comes, here comes Absalom and all of his men and his wives, and they're coming in. And I often wonder, how did he come in? Did he come in with a, with a proud spirit as he marched in? And, and you had to have word that David had already ran. And I thought, how, how disgusting is this as he comes in to Jerusalem? And then, and it says, and, and all the people, all the people that was with David, they had walked out. And so, and then the Bible says Ahithophel was also with them. And, and if you remember, what was the prayer that David gave? David prayed this. He said um, that, that David prayed that the counsel of Ahithophel would, uh, would be wrong. Remember when David prayed that? He said, I pray when Ahithophel left, when he gives you counsel, Absalom, that it will be incorrect uh, counsel. Now, now, we can think all we want about David. We've seen him at a low point. We've seen his sin before him. No difference than ours. But you know what? God is going to hear that prayer. 
and God is going to answer that prayer. But it wasn't David prayed that prayer after he prayed the prayer of repentance and got things right with between the Lord and Bathsheba. But he said, I pray that when Ahithophel speaks, it will be wrong advice. Okay, remember that. And God's going to hear this prayer. But now, David is on the run. Fear is a terrible thing. I don't know about you, but I've never had to run for my life in a, in a manner where somebody's chasing me with a gun or something. Those Christians in Africa that were killed this past week, they were slaughtered. with machetes in their church by the government. You know, I've seen the video of these acts after they happen. They just don't, they don't just cut these women and children and fathers. They, they decapitate these kids. They are so angry and they want Christianity to die. And they did that again this week. I don't understand that kind of fear, but you know what? They know that that's gonna be the result. They know that's the possibility, yet they still worship. But David is running for his life. Can I read a passage to you about David back in 1 Samuel 22? Listen, David's talking to another man and he said, stay with me. It's actually Doeg who he's talking to. He said, stay with me, don't be afraid. Even though he who is seeking my life, talking about Saul, he said, you are safe with me. Psalms 27.1, David writes this, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life, whom shall I dread? That's two different people it sounds like, right? You got a man that's running for his life and running from his son. He didn't even inquire of the Lord, should I stay? And he's so fearful, he's running. But the young David said, don't worry about it. God is with us. In Psalms 27, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who in the world am I going to fear? And now we see a totally different David. Verse 16. Now it came about when Hushai, David's friend, came to Absalom, that Hushai said to Absalom, long live the king, long live the king. Wednesday night, we talked about this man named Hushai. If you remember, back in 2 Samuel 15, it goes 32, 33, and 34, we, we get an understanding who Hushai is. Hushai shows up with sackcloth and ashes, and he's walking around, and he's going, oh, David, this is terrible. David, this is terrible. I'm going with you, because I'm your friend. And David said, you'll be more of a burden to me if I have one more mouth to feed. He said, I, I don't want you to go with me. And Hushai's taken back. What do you mean you don't want me to come with you? He said, I got a plan for you because I know you're my friend. He said, I want you to go into the city and pretend to be Absalom's friend. And I want you to report back to me everything that Absalom does. Now, Hushai is also going to be a counselor. He is a counselor. So you got Ahithophel and you got Hushai. And their council is going to meet, by the way. And so when Hushai walks into the city, pretending to fall at Absalom's feet, he does. And he yells out, long live the king, long live the king. 
What is he doing? Immediately, he's trying to win over Absalom because if he doesn't win over Absalom immediately, he's going to kill him. This is Hushai's life. He is putting on the best act of his life. And he's doing it for David. He's doing it for the kingdom. He's doing it to save his friend's life. Verse 17. And Absalom said to Hushai, is this your loyalty to who your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? I love this statement right here by Absalom. Absalom didn't believe him at the beginning. You know what I know to be true? If a person cannot be trusted, then they often don't trust other people, right? If a person is not trustworthy, then they don't trust anybody else. A thief doesn't trust people not breaking in their house, right? Absalom didn't trust Hushai because Absalom wasn't trustworthy. And so here he's really pouring it on. I can see the sweat uh, beads forming on Hushai's head as he said, is this your loyalty to your friend? Why didn't you go with him? I think this had to make him like, oh no, I, I really, I need to come up with something really quick. But you know what? I believe that Hushai had already gained a plan in his mind of how he was going to respond today. I mean, to Absalom. Verse 18, here's his response. Hushai said, no, for whomever the Lord, this people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his eyes shall be. And with him I shall remain. Listen, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not his friend. I'm not a friend. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, he's he's quick. Like, I don't, I, I, no, 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 no. That's, I, I'm not David's friend. Because he knows one wrong answer, Absalom's going to kill him. But then this is what he says. Listen, whomever the Lord. You know what he does? He said, Whomever the Lord has put in place, he is pouring it on. He even brings God into it. Have you ever had somebody say this? Oh, I think this is God's will for my life. Or you've ever thought that? I think God's in this. And God's not a million miles from it, right? He's saying, whoever the Lord has put in here, and he says, and by, the, by also, not only God is doing this, Absalom, all of Israel wants you, Absalom. Everybody wants you, Absalom. Listen to this. By the way, does all of Israel want Absalom? No. We know 12, 1,500, 2,000 people are out there with David living in the wilderness now that want David. All of Israel's not with him. But Hushai's trying to play to Absalom's pride, just like we talked about from the beginning. Absalom is so full of himself. And he says, all of Israel wants you, David. And he said, because of that, I will remain with you. I am going to be your friend. I am going to be faithful to you. And then he says, verse 19, besides, whom shall I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son, just as I served in your father's presence? So shall I be in your presence. He said, you know how faithful I was to your dad? You know who I am? He says, I will serve like that. Now, we already know the storyline. He cared nothing about serving him. And I thought about this. Listen as I read Isaiah 29, 13. Then the Lord said, because this people approaches me with their words and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Wow. You know what? Hushai's heart was far from Absalom. He served him with his lips. 
often thought about how often we say, I love you, Lord. I want to serve you, Lord. But we don't ever open up his word. We don't ever pray to him. We don't ever tell nobody else about him. I love you, Lord. I'm a Christian. I love you. I think sometimes we're the hush eyes. I'm just going to serve you with my mouth. I'm going to serve you by what I say, but I'm not going to lift a finger to do it. I'm not going to go do something. And here he says, whom shall I serve? Hushai has no concern about serving this man. And he says, should I not, like I served his son. He doesn't give a reason, by the way, why he leaves David. I think this is very interesting. I think he could have gone there. I think he could have said, David made me mad. David did this. Your father, he wasn't a good king. He, he didn't treat Amnon right and Tamar when she was right. He could have gave all these reasons. And all he said was, should I not serve you like I served your dad? That's where he left it. And he says, I will be in your presence. Oh, here comes this pride. I just want to bow down to you, Absalom. He is laying it on. And then we get into verse 20. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, give your advice. What should we do? Hello, what just happened? So as I'm, I'm reading this, uh, I actually got this ready a couple weeks ago. And, I, you know, going through the, the storyline, and I got to, then Absalom said to Ahithophel, and I went, what? what? Wait a minute. You look back, I went back to verse 19. Did I miss a verse? We're having a conversation with Hushai and Absalom, it's an intense conversation. I'm watching Hushai as he's getting ready to lose his life. And then all of a sudden, then Absalom said to Ahithophel, what in the world just happened? I loved it. Because we see a major transition in the storyline. But I want to tell you, God just did this. Remember the verse in Proverbs 21.1? The king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it whichever way he pleases. Remember that? He turns it whichever way he wants. All of a sudden, Hushai could lose his life. No, 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 I'm going to serve you. And he's just laying it on, laying it on because he's going to, he's going to be used greatly in this storyline. And all of a sudden, Ahithophel, what do you think? What's the next counsel for us? What just happened? You know what God did? He reached inside of Absalom and he turned his heart and he took it off of him. It disre he disregarded him altogether and looked at Ahithophel and said, what's next? God did that. And he said, give me your advice. Now, here it is. Remember when David prayed back in 2 Samuel 15? I'll read it to you. And David said, Lord, please make the advice of Ahithophel foolish. That's what David prayed. In 2 Samuel 15, 31, please God, when he speaks, make it be as a fool speaks. And all of a sudden, Absalom says, what do you think we ought to do next to hit the fell? Give me your advice. And at this point, David's prayer was answered. Now, it's not how you and I would have answered it by no means. But David's prayer is answered. And you're going to see the end result of this later on. Do you remember that moment when your prayer was answered? How many times you've been there? Where you prayed? How many of you are like, oh, he answered my prayer? Anybody ever still surprised sometimes when he answers your prayer? Like, oh, yeah. 
I think as our humans, like we, as human beings, we're like, he just, he just did that. By the way, how many times you, you have your prayers answered and then it was almost immediately. You're like, wow. This is when David's prayers answered. He said, give me your advice. And at this point, evil is going to trans, transpire out of his mouth. He's going to come out of his mouth. And man, is it evil. What should we do? That God is going to allow the wrong cancel to come out of this. From the bitterness, remember, this is Bathsheba's grandfather. And the bitterness and resentment that's been up uh, uh, against David, now he is going to answer him. I believe the devil is directing this questioning or some type of demonic being, by the way. Remember, the demons get into our mind, right? It's demon possession or uh, oppression. But this a demon, I believe, is directing this question and God is allowing it. It's just the sovereignty of God is what you see in this. Verse 21, the first part. Ahithophel said to Absalom, have relations with your father's concubines. Now, let's stop right there. This was the advice, and you're thinking, wow. The advice was, have sex with your dad's concubines. And the reason for this it would be so offensive and so evil that there would be no possible way that Absalom and David would ever be able to reconcile. And this is what Ahithophel wanted. He never wanted Absalom and David to ever get their relationship right because if they got their relationship right, Ahithophel's dead. He wanted to do the most evil thing he possibly could do to break them up forever. But that's not the only thing. I think it was the ultimate sign. Why did he say, go sleep with your daddy's 10 concubines? Remember the ones that he left behind to take care of the house? It's the ultimate sign that David is overthrown. See, in the ancient world, if you took a king's concubines and you slept with them, it was not only immoral, but it was an act of treason. This is the only way that David could completely renounce his father, that him and his father had a broken relationship that would never be restored. Another reason I put down here in your notes is that it's the way that David would not be king. He was trying to assure David would not be king. But here's what I ultimately think. His granddaughter, what, was taken by David, had sex with, with David, got pregnant, lost the baby, killed Uriah, and you know what I think? I think Ahithophel said, this is what's going to happen because this is what you did to my granddaughter. You took her, now he's going to take your 10 concubines. I have painted a picture since that chapter where this sin, the consequences keep coming up, have I not, over and over and over again. David's forgiven, but those consequences continued to ring on in their life. Now let's read the second half of that. Whom he has left behind to take care of the house, then all of Israel will hear that you made yourself repulsive to your father. The hands of all who are with you will also be strengthened. He said, all of Israel will know that you have done this. Ahithophel was now trying to establish Absalom to be king. I want everybody to know that you are king and David is not king. But then this is what he uses. He uses the word repulsive. The word repulsive means pungent. It means you stink. 
something you want to separate yourself from. We've all opened up the, the cupboard and a trash can stinks. You know what you do? You bag it as quick as you can. You get it out into the trash can and get rid of it, right? You separate yourself from it. He said, when you sleep with these 10 concubines, I want everybody to know that you are parting yourself from your daddy and you don't want no relationship with them at all. Look what he's doing. This man is not trying to bring these two men back together. He is trying to drive the biggest wedge between them that he possibly can get. And it all stems from bitterness from his granddaughter. He hates David. And then he says, and the hands of those with you will be strengthened. Wow. The hands of those, all those who are following you. Wow. We will now be in charge. We will now be in leadership. We don't have to worry about this man coming back and taking over. You know what he was talking about? Himself. All those in leadership, we will be good, finally. I won't have to look over my shoulder anymore. I won't have to worry if David's coming back after me. Go sleep with him. Verse 22, and they pitched a tent. This is just nasty. And they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof. And Absalom had relations with his father's concubines in the sight of all of Israel. I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a lot of horrific events in the Bible, but for me, I, I've shared this with you, rape is one of the lowest of lows. I don't deal with it well. I, I don't handle it well. It's zero tolerance for rape, and this is exactly what this is. Absalom rapes these 10 concubines on top of the roof because of the advice that this man gave her to prove that he was king. And the Bible says he did it in the sight of Israel, meaning he did it before all of Israel. Everybody could see what he was doing. It was a show. Can you imagine what these women went through? Now, it doesn't say how many of them put up a fight. How many of them kicked and screamed and hollered? We don't know. It doesn't give us any of that information at all. I would imagine we know that if they would have, if they would have resisted, then they would have been killed. Did they surrender out of just not being killed? Did they put up a fight? Were they held down? But, but this took place in front of anybody who wanted to watch and shame on them, right? For even being there to watch. But I want to say this, God in his sovereign will, he prophesied what would happen, did he not? You remember in 2 Samuel chapter 12, listen as I read. And the Lord said, behold, I'm going to raise up evil against you in your own household. And I'm going to take your wives before your eyes and I'm going to give them to your companion and he's going to sleep with them in broad daylight. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 11. God prophesies what's going to happen. He told him, was this God's will? People could get concerned like, oh, without God's will, how could he God will sin? No, no, no. He simply said, this is what's going to take place. Why? All the result, it goes back to David's sin. Now, I'm going to give you a heads up on what happens to these concubines and it's very sad. 
you'll hold your place there, we got one more verse we're going to look at tonight. But go to 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 3. I'm going to show you what's going to happen to these concubines. 2 Samuel. This is me getting off the exit ramp, by the way, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the highway. 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 3. And David is going to make his way back to Jerusalem eventually, and I'll tell you how all that happens. And he comes into his house and the king took the 10 women, the concubines whom he had left behind to take care of the house. Verse three, he put them into custody, provided them with food, and he did not have relations with them. They were locked up until the day of their death, living as widows. That was the end result of these women's lives. David, after the mistreatment that they faced with Absalom, he provided them with food. He provided them with shelter. And he was locked away. He was, they were put away. They were never allowed to marry because they would have been considered David's concubines because they were taken. He did not let them back out. By the way, he could have still taken better care of them. They would have never been able to remarry. Nobody would have taken them. And so he locked them up and they lived as widows and not allowed to be remarried and they never had sex again with David for the rest of their lives, and they died in that manner. David was wrong for keeping concubines. Absalom was wrong for what he did, but the end result of these women's lives, it is horrific. I hate it. I hate every bit of it. The effects of the sin from Absalom to David and Bathsheba, by the way, how many times you heard when I can pick my sin, but I can't pick my consequences. But not only this, I can't pick my consequences of who else I affected. Who would have ever thought these 10 women would have also faced the wrath of David's sin with Bathsheba? Who would have ever thought that as they were being raped on that rooftop? And we finish with the last verse in verse 23. Now the advice of Ahithophel, which gave in those days, was taken as those one of inquired of the God of God so that all the advice of Ahithophel regarded by both David and Absalom. Mm. He says this, that the word, when, when Ahithophel spoke, Absalom thought it was actually coming from God. Now, there's no doubt that the devil or a demon is directing Ahithophel's words, but God is the one that's ultimately directing all the steps and he's in charge of everything. And the Bible says, as one who inquired of the Lord, the, the sad thing was that Absalom was so far away from the Lord that he really thought that the holy, righteous God would say, go rape these 10 women. That's how far away he was. But you know what? There's a lot of false teachers that have deceived people in much of the same way. If you send this money, if you give money for this holy water, I can heal you if you do this. There's a lot of false teachers. The Bible is clear that there's false teachers in this day at the end times that are going to lead many astray. Ahithophel is nothing but a false teacher leading Absalom ultimately to his grave. You know what? I think if anything from this story that I get, I don't like the last part of this story. I don't think you would either. But are we really serving God with our lip service? Or are we serving him with our whole body and heart and soul? Are we a hushai? Are we pretending to serve? Are we really serving God? 
And I want to tell you, we get into the next chapter and you're getting ready to see Ahithophel. You're getting ready to see his bitterness and how mad he is as he gets ready to come after David himself.